Life with diabetes has some highs and lows, but just like in a normal life, you can make choices which help to make your life easier, improve your health and well-being. In the Diabetic and Healthy podcast, we show you how to do just that. We're here to help you put your diabetes worries behind so that you can start enjoying life with a sky-high smile on your face. So let's meet our host for today's show. Here's Charlotte. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Diabetic and Healthy podcast. I hope everyone is doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. So I have been getting tons of messages on Instagram at the moment so thank you so much if you have diabetes or you're the parent of someone with diabetes and you've reached out then thank you so much because I do love getting your messages I love getting your questions um, and I love getting your feedback on on the podcast and on my Instagram so thank you for anyone who has messaged me if I haven't got back to you I'm really really sorry but I'm getting an unusual amount of messages at the moment and I I am doing my very best to get back to everyone and I do appreciate every single message I get so thank you. Um, One thing that keeps coming up in the messages, um, a few people have asked about when I did competitive bodybuilding so that is what I'm going to talk a bit about today. This is actually going to be in two parts so today I'm going to talk about um, what's involved in preparation for the competition, how that affected my diabetes control, how my diabetes affected preparation (laughs) and um, yeah what's involved really in competitive bodybuilding and how you prepare for that. So as I said I've had had quite a lot of questions on this I think Um, there is I think one picture on my Instagram from when I competed so maybe that's where some of the questions have come from and also I have spoken about it on a podcast very briefly um, before so it's great that people are taking taking an interest in that it is quite an interesting thing to talk about it's going to be a bit weird for me just to, having a whole episode or two episodes just talking about myself but I thought um, it is an interesting subject and people obviously find it interesting because you are asking me about it so I thought today I will talk about what's involved, so what's involved in the competition and the preparation um, and I will talk you through what a typical day looked like for me when I was in prep, what my biggest challenges were um, leading up to a competition and what you need to take into consideration if you decide you want to compete or you want to get into bodybuilding and I will also run through peak week with you and what that involves. So peak week is a week before a competition. So it's kind of a most intense time if you're competing. So I thought I would tell you a little bit about that. Before I get started, just another reminder, please do get involved with Diabetic and Healthy on social media. As I said, I am getting lots of messages and things at the moment, which is great. I love people engaging. Um, we've got a Facebook page. We've got two Facebook groups, so that's Diabetic and Healthy Community and also Type 1 Fit. My Instagram account is Diabetic and Healthy and obviously there's the podcast, so if you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you hit subscribe. Okay, so competitive bodybuilding. Um, How did I get started? 
I've, I've always been into weight training. Um, I've always really enjoyed weight training. And um, I suppose competing always fascinated me. I've seen a few TV programs on it and I was just in awe, I think, of the, the dedication and that just, just all the work that goes into it. It's really quite fascinating. So I, it was definitely something that had always interested me. Never something I ever thought I would end up doing. Um, and to be honest, it all stemmed from probably a throwaway comment by someone else. But to me, um, it kind of fueled me to to maybe not prove them wrong as much, but prove to myself that I could do it. So someone said to me, I was having a conversation and someone said, oh, but you couldn't do that, referencing bodybuilding, um, because you're diabetic and you couldn't achieve that because you're diabetic. And for me, that was enough (laughs) for me to be like, actually, I can do whatever I want to do. Um, and, and, and so it began and I, I got an awesome coach. Um, her name's Chevy. It's Siobhan Smith. She's type one diabetic and she used to compete herself. Um, so yeah, I, I got in touch with her and she coached me for competitions. So I competed in, uh, three competitions in one year. So that was before my son was born. Um, and I entered both bikini and fitness model categories. So bodybuilding competitions are broken down into different categories. So you normally have uh, like a bikini category, which is um, normally the kind of softest category, then fitness model, and then it goes into the muscle categories. So... I competed with two different federations. I competed with Miami Pro and also Pure Elite. So I did two Miami Pros and then my last competition was Pure Elite, which was my my favourite competition, was my last one actually. And I, it, it's hard because when you're in prep, you, you don't really know how you're going to look at the end of it. So to to pick categories and decide where you want to be is is a bit of a challenge in itself because the criteria for categories are very different. Um, So like I said, bikini is a a slightly softer category. So it will describe the details, uh, the criteria right down to, you know, the smallest details of you should have visible abs, but they can't be separated and, and things like this. So go through the criteria and pick the categories you want to be in. A lot of people do several categories because they don't really know how they're going to end up looking after their prep. So I did a three-month bulk. As I said, I was already weight training, so I already had mm, a little bit of muscle. (laughs) Um, But I needed to do a three-month bulk to, to really bulk up and build my muscles. And then I did a three-month cut. So bulking and cutting. Bulking, you're basically taking on lots of calories, lots of protein, and you're really trying to build up your muscles. And then when you do a cut, my coach used to explain it as unwrapping a Christmas present. So when you cut, you're trying to strip away all the fat that's on top of those muscles um, to, to reveal the muscles that you have built. So the, the bulk stage and the cutting stage are 
quite different. Um, training isn't that much different, but it's more to do with uh, the diet that goes along with it. So it was an extremely strict diet. Some people don't do a clean bulk like I did. So although I was taking on a lot of calories and a lot of protein, it was all kind of good, clean food. Um, some people do a, call it a dirty bulk, and they're just taking on loads and loads and loads of calories. But you do find you put on a lot more fat with that, and it then makes your cutting stage a bit harder. So I did a clean bulk. Um, I was eating six meals a day at that point I think I was eating something like 35 eggs a week um I dread think how many chickens I ate in that <laughs> in that time I would just order chicken fillets in bulk um you know kind of five or ten kilos of chicken at a time um so that I could have those six meals a day of chicken and rice and veg and that was pretty much it. So there were a few little things that I could have as well. So sometimes as a pre-workout, I would have like a square of dark chocolate, which was a very nice treat. Um, and I had a cheat meal on a Saturday. So a lot of people now use this, this cheat meal if they are kind of eating clean, as we call it. And uh, they, they go all out and they, they, they pig out. My meal was not like that my cheat meal wasn't um wasn't a, a pig out meal I was still limited on how many calories it could be and it still had to be low sugar um not too carby so I still weirdly used to have chicken <laughs> but I would go out and have a meal and have chicken so I had something with it and it had a bit more flavor to it um because the chicken that I was eating every day was rather bland training wise I so during this time I used to have to get up at 4 30 in the morning I was working full time um so I would get up at half four in the morning I would do my cardio on an exercise bike at home so I would do an hour and a half fasted cardio so that means I wouldn't eat before I did it so I'd do an hour and a half fasted cardio then I would have some breakfast Sometimes that was chicken <laughs> or sometimes I made um, like protein pancakes. Then I would go to the gym and do an hour's weight training. Um, then I would come home, get sorted, go to work. I would have pre-prepared all my food. So a couple of times a week I would prepare all my food in bulk. So it was all ready to go. My um, boss at the time was very understanding. <laughs> very understanding with me turning up with my massive pile of Tupperware tubs with all my meals in it that I'd have to uh yeah scoff throughout the day in between doing doing my work um and then after work I would go home get changed and normally go back to the gym and do a bit more cardio so it was um it was very full-on I think I under underestimated the, the the time that goes into it um because it did it did take over everything really um I think the biggest challenges for me were the food for one I love my food like I absolutely love my food um everyone who knows me knows I love chocolate and yeah being being that strict 
was definitely a challenge for me and and actually looking back I, I have no idea how I did it because I feel like I have very little willpower with food these days but at the time um yeah some, somehow I did it um the other thing that I really struggled with was my energy levels so just that it was so full on and at that stage it wasn't in the bulking stage it wasn't like I was in a calorie deficit I was um, taking on lots of calories so it wasn't that I wasn't eating enough I think it was just the sheer kind of overload of training so I was training like that five times a week six times a week six times a week yeah I think it was six times a week um or five times a week weight training six times a week cardio and then a rest day on a Sunday so I would take yeah Wednesdays I would just do cardio and give my muscles a rest and Sunday would be a total rest day um but yeah I definitely definitely struggled with my energy levels it was extremely tiring um I can actually remember and this this is embarrassing to say because this was so dangerous I was um driving to work I worked um, for a travel business at the time I was also a personal trainer but I, I worked in travel um, my drive to work was about well depending on the traffic to be honest it was about 45 minutes um, from my home and I was driving to work one morning I used to go nice and early and I actually fell asleep at the traffic lights so I'm not someone that just falls asleep anyway I normally struggle to sleep um so yeah I I was past tired at that point I literally woke up to a car beeping because I'd stopped at a red light and I must have just fallen asleep um and I actually got to work and had to go in a side room and take a little nap before I started work so I really was really pushing my body um Now, from a diabetes side of things, my control had to be so tight, so tight, because if your blood sugars are running high, you just you're really, really going to struggle to build muscle. I actually spoke about this in last week's episode um, that that you will struggle to build muscle if, if your blood sugars are high. So my blood sugars had to be in range and you know, doing any kind of training, it's it's always challenging to get your blood sugars right. And, um, you know, it takes a lot of trial and error to, to get them right around training and around all this food that I was consuming as well. So, yeah, I, it was... That, that brought a whole nother level to the prep, was, was trying to keep my blood sugars perfect. I had, like, a 200-calorie um allowance every day like a bumper allowance to account for hypos because you're you're not just calorie restricted you're everything's worked out in macros so I had to hit kind of macro targets every day and macros is like your carbs your proteins and your fats so I had targets for for each of those but obviously being diabetic you you can't always um you know if if you need to take on sugar you need to take on sugar if your blood sugars are dropping you have to take on sugar so 
luckily because my coach was type 1 diabetic she totally understood this and I, and I had like a bumper allowance each day so that if I needed to consume sugar because my blood sugars were dropping then that was um that was accounted for and I wasn't going over my uh calorie limit for the day um already just just talking back over this it's it's crazy that I yeah I don't know how I did it to be <laughs> To be honest, I'm not sure I could do it now, but you know, I did, I did it. So that was good. Um, and I learned loads. So that my biggest takeaway from, from prep and from competing was how much I learned, how much I learned about training. So I was already, um, yeah, I was already level four, um, qualified at, at that point. So I'm, I'm a personal trainer and I, did my level four to specialize in working with people with um, diabetes and obesity. And I did weight management and things like that. So I was already qualified in that. But even though I already had those qualifications, I still learned so much about training and about food and about the body um, just by going through that process. So I, yeah, I did really learned, really learned a lot um, just by going through that. I think I... I definitely underestimated how much time it takes up and how it actually takes over your life. So you you kind of have to be obsessed with it to do it because you you have to want it so bad because it is tough. Um, I mean, I I had no social life and I used to have to tell friends and um, work colleagues and things like that just not to ask me out. Like, you know, don't don't ask if I want to come for a drink, don't ask if I want to come for dinner, because because I can't do it. Um, I didn't drink alcohol the entire time in prep, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but yeah, social situations are just awkward, because everything is planned around your food, and everything is planned around your training. My long-suffering partner was awesome when I, when I was training. I don't know how he put up with it, but Having said that, he did not change the way he ate in the slightest. So people were like, oh, is, is he eating really healthy too? I was like, no. <laughs> so we would go through a McDonald's drive-thru and he'd be there with his, uh, you know, with his meal and his 20 nuggets on the side and all the rest of it. And I would pop out my little Tupperware tub of chicken and broccoli and sit and eat that while he <laughs> had his McDonald's. Um but yeah, you know, I do that with him, but I, I wouldn't put myself through that going, going to a restaurant with friends and then popping out a Tupperware tub. It was just, yeah, it was just awkward. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have a social life for the, for the whole time. Um, and not just kind of going out and eating or drinking, but doing anything because it really does take up any time that I wasn't working, I was either training or preparing food or eating food. So it, it does completely consume your your kind of your whole day week month um so yeah a, a heck of a lot goes goes into it um as I said you kind of have to be obsessed with it to go through it I think <laughs> but for me it was actually or or with my first competition it actually got me through um, a very tough period of my life where actually I really appreciated the distraction and I I loved having that focus um yeah I think mentally it, it it helped me at that time and it helped me to have something that was 
um, you know, kept, kept, kept me busy the whole time. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I did my three month bulk and then when I started my cut, your, your training changes slightly. Um, so your cardio goes up and diet wise, your calories come down. So the main thing that came down was my carbohydrate intake. So I was still on very high amounts of protein, um, but low amounts of carbs, now that I really struggled with, because as I said, I do really like my food. Um, and although I was eating enough, you are in a calorie deficit. That's a whole idea. You're in a deficit so that you can train and burn off that fat to reveal the muscle that you've been building. Um, so my energy levels were were really bad. <laughs> although I was, I was obviously still managing to train and train very hard in between things, um, I, I did struggle with my energy levels during that, that time of cal calorie deficit, which is to be expected really. Um, so I did three months of that and you have regular check-ins. So I would have to send photos to my coach every, um, I can't remember now, maybe every week, every fortnight, maybe, um, and based on those pictures and, and what I was telling her, she would then tweak what I was doing in terms of exercise and tweak my my calorie intake if needed. Um, so that was my cutting stage. Then, okay, so peak week. Peak week is the week before the actual competition. So this is by far the hardest week in the whole time. And you would think you've only got a week to go, you know, you've, you've done most of the hard work, you've only got a week to go, you should just be able to get through it on the thought that it's only one, one more week, but it's so tough. So a few things change in peak week, your cardio goes up, or my cardio went up, that's how mine worked, um, and calories came down even lower, but I was consuming at this stage six litres of water a day. So that in itself was a bit of a challenge more than anything because I was working full time and constantly had to pee, had to pee. Um, so as well as eating all the time, I was peeing all the time. So, yeah, I'm sure my boss loved me at that stage. Um, that was peak week. So that brings you up to all the way up to your competition day. So I'm actually going to talk about the competition day itself for anybody who's interested and then what happens post competition because that is something I really want to talk about and I think is really important to talk about um, because it really impacted me in ways that I didn't didn't think it would. So hopefully you found that interesting. So for anyone that has been asking about competing, um, yeah, I, I hope you have learned a little bit from today. And maybe if you're maybe you're thinking about competing or thinking of getting into bodybuilding, the main thing I would say is just go into it, I think, open-minded. And if if you feel it's not good for you, um, or if you're really struggling with it, then you know it's it's not the be all and end all. I think there's being healthy, there's working out, there's building muscle, but to 
to do it competitively is like a whole nother level and it is a it's a massive stress on your body as much as it's the the kind of health and fitness industry I would say competing isn't really healthy um and not even just as a diabetic like in general just the stress that you put your body through uh, when I talk a bit more about um competition day itself I'll, I'll explain a bit more what I mean and definitely the kind of post-competition time um yeah well thank you very much for listening (laughs) I hope um yeah I hope you found it interesting uh just a reminder again about getting involved with us on social media we've got the two really friendly um Facebook groups diabetic and healthy community and type one fit Uh, I've also got Diabetic and Healthy on Instagram and I put loads of um, kind of fitness and nutrition and diabetes tips on there. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please do hit subscribe and also leave me a review. That would be great. So that has brought us to the end of this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a healthy and happy life continues. Head on over to diabeticandhealthy.com and join the conversation with other diabetics and their families. All the information in this episode is not designed to replace the advice from the health professional team looking after you and your diabetes. Before making any significant lifestyle changes, do consult them with your doctor.